I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. But you guys, that sounded a little raw on my end, that, that opening. Isn't there usually some background music? Or I guess I never really thought about it other than that intro sounded kind of raw there, Spencer. I don't know exactly what's going on. Morning, folks. Some undisclosed location uh, on the far-flung corners of America. I've come to you today. First time ever having worn a cross hat. And I didn't wear a cross hat because I wore a visor, my Jesus visor, because... I'm going to spend some time outside in the sun with my wife. And I didn't want that hat, so got the visor on. I don't even have a Coach Dave Live shirt with me today. Appreciate you joining us, trying to trying to figure out how to do everything here. Computer, cell phone, doing the best that we can. And uh, grateful, grateful that you joined us this morning. Hey, let, listen, let me give you a fair warning. We are going to do communion tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. So I was checking with somebody. Am, am I wrong? Somebody tell me I'm wrong. Is today the National Day of Prayer? Is yes, it is, Coach. Yes. Has anybody seen anything about that at all anywhere? I haven't. I noticed they've been at the courthouse last night pray, or reading the Bible, and it was like, how come I did? They usually got a hold of me to read, and nobody ever got a hold of me. Yes. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Yes, that's right. That's, uh, uh, are we losing a little bit of our religious fervor here in America. This is the time we ought to really be doubling down on our uh, prayers because of everything that's going on with the Supreme Court and abortion and all that kind of stuff. Mel, you raised your hand. Is that for a reason there? Go ahead. Yeah, so um, you had asked the question about National Day of Prayer. Neil Peterson and the Resistance Chicks are doing an online event this evening, I believe at 8 o'clock. So if you um, you can get to yeah, Liberty Action Network on mm-hmm. Facebook, I think I posted it there. So there's... Um, so anyway, that's one thing I know. Yeah, I think you know, it's amazing. Of... This 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 uh, this administration doesn't even pretend to be anyway remotely Christian, do they? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think there's at a least, prayer event happening in Pataskala, too. At least at least Donald uh, at least Donald Trump gave a heart kind of half hearted support of the National Day of Prayer. No more of that. Uh, no more of that. You know what's going on? <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just dawned upon me. I was pretty harsh yesterday on that abortion thing. I'm going to cover a little bit of that here this morning as well. In fact, I wrote my weekly commentary today, and uh, it, it does involve uh, the whole idea of, of abortion again. But folks, could we be sitting? Could we be sitting at the end, the 50-year reign of the sexual revolution? Could we be at the end of that? Are women going to continue to sleep around when they can't go out and get rid of the baby? Interesting thought, isn't it? A lot of crazy things going on. A lot of a lot of changes that are happening in our midst. I'm gonna have Myra pray us in, then I got some great stuff for you. So come. Good morning, Myra. Good morning to good all morning. of you that, that are with us. And uh, and uh, I, go ahead, do your thing there for us, Myra. God bless you, dear. Sure, I will be honored too, Coach. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and sure they are. that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. Holy Jesus, Spirit. My, my, I'm going to say that. Read that one again. My, see, Myra, I'm going, to start limiting, I'm going to start limiting this to one verse a day because, man, every time you read one, I want to interrupt. Read that, read that again, will you, Myra? Sure, I will be delighted. Death and life 
is in the power of the tongue. Death and, and they, life. Hang on. Life and death. In other words, what you speak is really, really critical. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. That's why I tell uh, people, stop praising the devil. They say, what do you mean? Well, quit praising the devil. Quit just saying what you think. Sometimes the worst thing you can do is say what you think. And sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is say what you think. That's why Jesus told us to take captive every thought, especially the ones that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God and bring them into captivity. Our, what we say matters. So Myra, do that again. Read that again. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Wow. You're going to eat what you speak. You're going to eat what you, if I read that right, is that what it is? Life and death is in the power of this tongue, and those who love it will eat what they going to eat what you speak. Better be careful what you're saying. Now, I'm not a name it, claim it guy, but positive confession always makes a heck of a lot of difference in my life than being around somebody negative. Woe is me. The world's falling apart. We're going to die here. No, 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 no. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. We have the choice every day to determine what type of language we're going to use and what type, what type of beliefs are going to come out of our heart because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, your mouth tells the truth on your heart. Wow. Go ahead, Myra. I'll shut up. I'll try. No, that's quite all right. Holy Spirit, you are welcome to coach Dave Haddle and open our hearts to you. Romans 12, 21. Be not overcome mm -hmm. of evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans 12, 11. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. John 8, 44. G.R of your father the devil and the loss of your father G will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and a abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and a father of it. Matthew 5, 21 to 22. G have heard that it was said of them of all time, thou shall not kill and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. Jeremiah 3.13 Only acknowledge thy iniquity wow. that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and has scattered the ways to the strangers under every green tree and ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Revelation 12.11 And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. There's that word and again. Mm -hmm. There's that speaking again. And they love not their life unto the death. Revelation 21.8 But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whosomeagers and scorses and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. Romans 1.28 And even as they did not like did not retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to those things which are not convenient. And the closing verse for Thursday, Cinco de Mayo, is 1 John 1.19. If we confess our sins, he is 
faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I release resurrection power, love, and joy to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let me, uh, thank you, Myra. Let me, let me piggyback on what we talked about yesterday. Can I do that? Sure, I can. Uh, abortion is murder, period. I wrote about that today. I'm going to share that with you here in a second. But before we get to, to abortion is murder, period, pull up uh, D, if you will, Spencer, D. Now, <clears throat> this is important for us to uh, to understand. I found this on legal information at, uh, what is it, CornellUniversity.com? Cornell, uh, Cornell, legal information. And uh, if you can make that a little bit bigger or... Uh, I think it's critical that we we know this, okay? I I'm, I said, by the way, I didn't get any nasty emails. I figured my email was going to blow up with me being so harsh yesterday, talking about abortion and murder and, and women's rights and rape and all that kind of stuff. I, I After I got off the show, I asked Michelle, uh, I'm just curious for you guys out there to think about this real. I'm not, I can't think of anything more horrific than the raping of a woman other than the raping of a young child. Ra- a r- raping of a young child would be, I believe, a, I believe a young, innocent child molested. I believe that's one of the most grievous sins you could ever do. Ever, 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 ever. I think I could be wrong. Maybe a, maybe a woman could come in. That, sound, that sounded kind of harsh to say. Maybe someone can come in and share with me that, uh, that I'm, perhaps I'm missing it. Violent rape. I don't think it's all that common. I could I could be wrong. I, I think uh well that's gonna get me in trouble, but I gotta say it. I think uh, uh regret thank you, Lord. Regret is not rape, folks. Regret is not rape. And I think a lot of the things that, that pass by pass for rape in this country are alcohol involved, drug involved. Something, something involved with it. Does a, does a man force himself on a woman? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely he does. But I'm telling you, actual violent rape, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just ain't buying it. And they, this is my pretty wife. Michelle, turn on and wave at him. And people, hey, Michelle. People who use violent rape as an excuse to murder babies. We can't, folks, we can't let him get away. We can't let him get away with that. Can't let, we can't let him get away with that anymore. I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's real. I, I would suggest probably that many of the women who get uh, raped, what they would call raped, was they were taken advantage of because they put themselves in an uncompromising position. That, that's, I'm sorry. Sorry. And for, uh, throughout all, all, all eternity, <laughs> no, throughout all history, when I grew up, I hate this is unfair. This is this to me, this is anti-woman as much as anything. When I was growing up, the man was always the aggressor and the woman was always the one who said, stop. Would anybody disagree with that? When I when I raised up, when I was growing up, a guy would go as far as a woman would let him go. And if she said stop, sometimes he would stop. But sometimes he would find out if she really meant stop. Now, I don't know what you think. That, in its, in its essence, could be classified as rape. If, if a couple were out 
went out to dinner. And after the dinner was over, and they went back to the apartment, and they both had a couple of drinks. And some guy comes on to a woman, and she says no, and he continues. I think technically that probably could be considered rape. Would, it, would, it, would anybody agree or disagree with that? And so we the, the idea of violent sexual rape, I think, doesn't happen nearly as much as what they tell us it does. I, I could be old school. I could be missing it. Could be some woman's liver out there getting mad at me right now, but I'm just, I'm sorry. Dale, you got your hand up. Brother, you know, this is when you say stay in your lane, you know, this is the lane I drive in. And brother, when I hear about that, and listen, the, uh, the scenario to me is like, okay, there, a, a, a wicked violent act happens. And then the woman goes home and smashes her kid's skull in. That's, that's what I see there. How does that make any how does that make any concept? How about smash the guy's skull in? Don't smash your kid's skull in. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. So so folks, look, this is where I'm, this is where I start from. Because one of the first things, one of the first arguments that you run into when you're talking about the abortion issue is what? What about rape and incest? Well, come on. First of all. You don't kill the baby because his daddy was a rapist. You don't kill a child because who his daddy was. Look, I get it. Some woman doesn't want to carry around somebody, some rapist child. I get it. But it's not about what happened to the woman. Who's the real victim? So in rape, there are, if real rape, pregnancy after real rape, there, there are two victims. There are two victims. The woman who was raped and the baby who's aborted. The two victims. Folks, in abortion, now, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to get too far down that road. So I'm, I went to the legal definition. <clears throat> Excuse me. First degree murder. Now, I'm going to read this to you, and then you make your own value judgment as to whether or not you think abortion is rape. Now, the first thing you have to do in order for abortion I'm sorry, murder, not rape. In order for abortion to be murder, the baby has to be a child. If a baby is a blob of tissue, a clump of cell, cells, a, uh, uh, and a, a fetus, then this probably doesn't apply to them. If a plump, clump of cells and a fetus and... Uh, blob of tissue, that's not a human being, then this law probably doesn't apply. But we do know that in the first, uh, that in the, the preamble of the Constitution, it says at the, at the end of it that uh, do, do ordain and establish, uh, well, I'm sorry, to ourselves and to our posterity. Hey, Spencer, how quickly, how quick are you there, bud? <clears throat> Go to Webster. Posterity. I think we did this before. But I think it's important that we get it to ourselves and our posterity, 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 posterity. Spencer's going to find out that posterity is what? Read it about prosperity. Posterity is descendants, children, children's children. Indefinitely, the, the race that proceeds from a progenitor. It is, in a general sense, succeeding generations 
opposed to ancestors. So through ourselves and our posterity, this the Constitution, boy, Spencer, can you pull that up real quick? I got to do this, friends. I'm trying to equip you, okay? Pull up preamble. Pull up the preamble to the U.S. Constitution. I should have already had this for you. Preamble. Now, friends, come on. This is what this whole debate's about and how they've changed the words and all the stuff that they're doing to us. The preamble to the Constitution says, a little bit bigger for me, Spence. I got a small computer today. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, do what? They establish just. What's their goal? To to have a more perfect union. They establish justice. They ensure peace in the world, domestic tranquility. They provide for the common defense, and they promote the general welfare. See, we don't we don't provide the general welfare. We promote it. We promote the general welfare. We don't provide for it. And and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. The folks, right there, right there are the preborn. Right there are the unborn. These rights apply to our posterity. You with me? I'm sure you are. Sure you are. And what is it? What is it? We the people in that sort of form establish just church provide for the common defense, brought the general and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity. How do you have the blessings of liberty if you is dead? So let's go back to murder. Let's go back to murder. Because here's the debate. Are they people? Are they people? Are unborn children people? Well, the Constitution just said they were. The preamble just said they were. So I went to Cornell Law to find out what first-degree murder is. Somebody correct me here if abortion isn't murder. First-degree murder is the intentional killing of another person by someone who acted willfully, deliberately, or with planning. <laughs> See, they have to make it not a person. They have to make the preborn not a person. Keep going. It is important to note that the exact definition of first-degree murder depends on each state statute, and its definition will vary from jurisdiction. Most jurisdictions define first-degree murder as cases involving premeditation and deliberation. All other intentional murders are defined as second-degree murder. So was the baby, was the abortion premeditated and deliberated? I I think so. A premeditated intent to kill requires that the defendant, the woman who is killing her baby, had intent to kill and some willful deliberation. In other words, the defendant spent some time to reflect, deliberate, reason, or weigh the decision to kill rather than killing on a sudden impulse. It wasn't like some lady was driving by and said, hey, let's go in here real quick. No, 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 no. She planned the whole thing out. She called, she made an appointment. Prior planning and deliberation are often closely intertwined. Courts focus on the pre- in premeditation, and generally look for evidence that the defendant deliberated and subsequently formed the intent to kill prior to the killing. Folks, 
This is justified because the defendant must have thought about the murder for a period of time and did not change their mind. There are several factors indicating premeditation and deliberation. These include lack of provocation from the baby, action and words from the baby before and after the killing. I'm sorry, action and actions of the defendant before and after the murder. Any threats from the defendant before and or during the killing. Whether the, whether the baby and the defendant had a poor history and whether there was an additional lethal attack after the victim was already helpless. The baby's already helpless. Evidence of brutality, ripping the baby apart, and the nature and number of wounds. How many jurisdictions concede, however, many jurisdictions concede that there's no bright, arbitrary line when premeditation begins and ends. Friends, the guy who makes the appointment over the phone at the abortion clinic is an accessory to the crime. The nurse who comes in and takes the blood pressure, do whatever before, that's an accessory to the crime. The woman whose friend drove her to the abortion clinic is an accessory to the crime. The husband who drove the woman there and paid for it is an accessory to the crime. And every bit of this is predicated on one thing. Is the baby human? Now, they pulled this crap before. By the way, this is in the commentary I wrote. Maybe I won't take the time to write it today. They did that to black people, didn't they? Huh? Didn't they call Negroes subhuman? Didn't they use Negroes as slaves? And how'd they get away with it? Well, they got away with it because uh, they weren't people. In fact, we fought a civil war. We fought a civil war. Blacks were chattel. The court, the Supreme Court of the United States actually ruled that they were six-tenths of a human being. Remember that, folks? You remember that? They, they, they played this game before on us. Blacks weren't really people. You can kill them. You can sell them. You can own them. My slave, my choice, Right? If that's not good enough to for you, you can go to Nazi Germany. What Hitler say about the Jews? They're people, subhumans. Load them onto cattle cars and drive them down the railroad tracks and sing a little louder and kill as many of them as you can because they weren't really people. What's the attack we see today? They're not really people. The fetuses. Blobs of tissue, lump of coal, uh, cells. I've seen this movie before. In the battle for the life of the unborn child, my friends, is moving to the states, and they're going to those Luciferians are going to do everything they can. Don't ever forget. The Lord himself told us in the book of Proverbs that all those who hate me love death. Seed of the serpent, seed of the woman. The devil wants every little human being he can get. 
And then you hear the people, the threat, or not the threat, but the accusation that people make that you only care about born children. I hear that one so much. I want to gag. Like it's my responsibility to take care of every poor child in America. And by the way, if a child is poor, evidently they'd be better off dead, right? Let's, well, if that's the answer, let's kill all the dead uh, poor kids. Let's go, into the, let's go into the ghettos and into those poor neighborhoods. Let's kill everybody poor. If, be, if being poor is worse, than living, is worse than being dead, that's what they're telling us. Poor people would rather be dead than poor. They ever go ask them? Friends, we got to come to the realization that every damn one of the left, Luciferians' left's argument is a lie. Every damn one of them. They won't even call a baby a baby. They call it a fetus. They say, well, it's a very difficult decision between a woman and her doctor. Damn right it is. Murder is a difficult decision. It's not difficult for me. <laughs> Shouldn't be difficult for anybody. But killing murdering an unborn baby yeah, that's a pretty difficult decision I think in other words we have to understand justifiable homicide that baby was going to mess up that woman's life that baby might be poor that baby might be hungry that baby might also be president of the United States that baby might also have 16 of the greatest grandchildren anybody ever birthed, and one of them may change the world. One of them may find the cure for cancer. Have we already aborted that person who could find the cure for cancer? Have we already done that? Could have, that could have been somebody just coming up out of poverty, making their way up like uh, uh, the heart surgeon. What's his name? Somebody help me out. Oh, you don't have to help me out. Ben Ben Carson. Ben Carson blew up, grew up in poverty. Would America have been better if he'd been killed in the womb because he didn't feed his poor? The arguments they use are so shallow. The only argument they have left is not a human being. So as I said in my uh, commentary, which again, that's long, so I'm not going to take the time to do it. We'll get it posted and you come and read it. In the history of the world, history of the world, a woman has never given birth to anything other than another human being. A woman hasn't birthed a dog. She hasn't birthed a fish or a lizard. She hasn't birthed a pig. Haven't birthed a cow or a puppy or a kitten or an eagle. Bible says they reproduce after their kind. Human beings produce human beings. We let them get away with these, these, these bogus, empty, sloganeering lies for 50 freaking years. Oh, my body, my choice. No, no, no. Half of those little babies in the womb have a penis. How can that be her body? My body, my choice, didn't stand up for COVID. Wasn't your body, your choice then? I'm getting discussions and ask people if if the baby, are you still your mom? You, looking at me right now. If it's her body, are you still her? When did you become you? 
different blood type, different DNA, unique DNA that nobody else has. Abortion is first degree murder. Murder in the first degree. And we make the woman the victim. I don't know about you. Where I live, the dead person is the victim, not the living person. And so as unfair as it might be, women bear a huge burden. And that huge burden is they have to control their own libido and the guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a tough challenge. But that's why we're supposed to raise up virtuous women. Virtuous women. Virtuous women. The battle's just beginning on this one, friends. We gotta be ready to engage it. I'm gonna shout a half hour. I didn't mean to take the I got some other stuff, but Rich has got his hand up and Neil's got his. Come on in, Rich. Yeah, Dave, on the on um created equals website this that uh, 0.5% of uh, abortions are by rape. Yeah. And 75% abortions are because of inconvenience. Uh, how about that? Yeah. So, so you know what I, you know what I do? Uh, I, I tell them this. This, this. this is where you take the argument away from them. I said, okay, listen, I'll agree with you then. I'll, I will allow abortion for rape and incest. If you will agree with me, no other abortions. Oh, they won't go there. No, that's just a that's just a that's just a mask they hide behind. They want to kill babies. Period. They don't want children messing up their lives. They kill their baby in the womb, premeditated with planning, first degree murder. Let there be no doubt about it. Come on in, Neil. Yeah, last night at the supper table, Mary and I, we uh, talked about your show yesterday. We agreed you spoke the truth and the whole truth. We had hoped that someday you'll come down as hard on the men as you did as the women. But 20 years ago, I was leading the senior youth at our former church, and uh, we had about 50 kids in there, half and half. And uh, one of their classmates had helped himself to his ex-girlfriend, and it was all over the news he was getting it for rape. And that really bothered me, and I don't mince words. And I said to the boys in the class, I said, uh, if you guys ever get to a situation where you feel you have to help yourself to that girl, I says, do yourself a favor, take a break, go out to the car, open up the back door of the car, get your ding offer out, and slam it in the back door of the car a couple times. I said, <laughs> your problems will be a lot less than helping yourself to that girl. Pastor found out I had said that. He goes, we are going to get phone calls. And never got a phone call. And to this day, those kids still give me the utmost respect when they see me, mentored a bunch of them, still great citizens of the community. So you got to tell these kids the truth. That's the only way they're going to understand. I, I, amen, Neil. I, I, I never remember, I'll never forget an advice I got as a young guy. Never forgot it. Friends, you listening to me? You know why there's rape? You know why we have rape in the world? Here's, here's the solution. It's kind of off color. Hold your ears. A stiff penis has no conscience. Let that sink in. When a man's libido gets up and rolling, he's crazy. You, get, huh? you guys know what I'm talking about, right? 
And so, see, this this doubles back to a lot of different things. I, I made a comment yesterday, I think it was, I was looking on Facebook at some of the costumes young girls are wearing to the prom. Why, why would you ever send your daughter out? As, as uh, Neil just said, advertising a smorgasbord. Amen. And expecting a young man with a strong libido to not oogle. Oh, look, I'm not blaming them. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? We have two beautiful daughters. I, Matt, we, we have two beautiful daughters. Michelle taught them to dress modestly, to not have their boobs hanging halfway out, not have their pants skin tight to around and entice the boys. I'm not blaming the girls. This is a, come on, man. Come on, man. Jeff, go on in. Coach, we're going to address it this weekend on the Mount Vernon Square. This is a great time. With everything just hit the fan, we'll have Mark Harrington signs out there. We'll be, they've already, they've, they've, the God-haters have already been up to the public square this week, and they'll be back Saturday. So we're going up, go meet at my car lot at noon Saturday. Then we're going to make sure everybody's on the same page before we drive on up to the square. But at noon, we'll be at the car lot. Anybody local wants to come, we're going to go up and dress it. Good man. Anybody wants to join Jeff Klein to go to the Mount Vernon Square? What time you wanted to meet, Jeff? Let's say they don't know where your car lot is. Where are you going to be on the square? What time you'll be there? We'll get there by 1230. But all I got to do is Google JC's autos. They'll take them right there. Because yeah. sometimes we just want to kind of get everybody on the same page. If there's six of us or ten of us, we'll all be on the same page before we head up there. Because these people are going to be vile. See, here's what I think. I think of every pastor in America gave the sermon I just gave for the first 30 minutes. We might have a chance. Because they're going to they're going to try to legalize abortion in the state. You understand it? All, all, all it is is an escape hatch for a woman. You spread her legs when she shouldn't have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is the man responsible? Of course. Of course. Train your sons to be virtuous men. Of course. But like, like Neil just said, and they spread that smorgasbord to you. Who doesn't overeat? Who doesn't get out of line when that happens, right? Come on, Roger. Oh, I was just going to add a couple of things to the comment. One is, you know, if you look, if you go back a hundred years, young men were getting married at you know sixteen, seventeen, right. maybe one hundred twenty-five years, and the desire, which is God given, to procreate or recreate. Um, was usually taken care of um, in that environment. People were, you know, we are now as a culture from the pulpit, from wherever, you know, pushing marriage back to a man in his 30s. Um, I think that's contributing to a lot of these issues. The second thing is the girls are just as aggressive now, Dave, from my yes. understanding. Um, it's just not the boy wanting to chase down and, and plant himself someplace. The girls are just as aggressive, and that's in the culture also. So um, it's really going back and forth who wants what, when, and where. Um, it's not just the boys and testosterone. The girls are just chasing the guys down, too. Uh, Stephanie just said the girls are worse. I, I, you know what? I, I, hey, girl, I, uh, ladies, do me a favor. If you love your daughter and you love your son, don't let them wear yoga pants. Don't let them wear yoga pants. Why? Why? 
And somebody puts on yoga pants, in my opinion, it's designed to show their body. To who? I'll say where they're comfortable. Really? Really? So you, you sacrifice your, your modesty and you advertise your wares because it's comfortable? Don't you understand that men look at you with wicked thoughts when you do that? Don't you know that that's the nature of a man? I, I, it baffles me. In church, I see them. I don't know if they wear yoga pants to church, but it wouldn't surprise me. I see cleavage in church. I see cleavage up on the stand, up on the platform sometimes in church. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not making an excuse for men. Kathleen Islin, come on in. I got it. Thank you. Uh, Good morning. Um, As Christians, we are not to be a stumbling block to anybody. Amen. I don't think that that women realize um, how many men they may be sending to hell by how they dress. And um, I know that most of us have been through the skinny jean stage, which um, luckily I got out of and, um, but yeah, modest dress is, is the way to go. Amen. Hey coach. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, inciting a riot and sedition are serious crimes. And I would analogize, um, some of these women do to those things on a different dimension. Yeah. Hey, listen, a stiff Peter has no conscience. So the woman gets the guy stimulated and then gets, Screams rape when he gets uh, gets aggressive. Sorry, sorry. Look, look, look. Girls are looking for love in all the wrong places. Who wrote that song? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Sex is not love, and love is not sex. And we're in a culture and a society where the advertisement of your wares and what pretty women do and I said to my wife a number of times, a number of times, that's the most unfair thing. You want to talk about, you want to talk about privilege. Privilege. How would you like to be some beautiful woman who has all the right curves in the right place simply because of the way you were born? And some other sweetheart, uh, pure, righteous, loving, potential mama happens to be fat. Talk about not being fair. And so we got we to gotta be really, really, really careful. You know, I, I don't know how I got down this road. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm talking about. Randy. Michelle, can I have some coffee? Coach, Michelle, you, know, you, started, you started out with uh, words. You know how words are power and death in the life of her tongue. Well, then... And you can take the next step. The power of life and death is in what we, what our law says. And then you keep going. Coach, absolute Christians, absolute truth. We have to get, we have to change the words. You, you wrote this, change the words, change the world. Okay. It, it goes, it has to come back to God's law. We have to implement, we have to legislate morality. We have to legislate that's another one of those lies, right, Randy? You can't legislate morality. No, you legislate immorality. Yeah, that was a lie, Coach. Yes, sir. Separation of church and state, just like that, is a lie. We have to change that back 
to absolute, God's law is absolute, and breaking it is absolutely, you're going to pay. So that, that's what we have to bring back. Change the words, change the world. Change women, the world. Change the world. Teach your daughters what flaunting their body does to young men. Teach them. Men are visual. Why do you think pornography is so rampant? Men are visual. You wear those yoga pants, and I get I see both cracks. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. It's terrible, man. It's terrible. I'm not a prude. It's terrible. Naomi. I completely with agree with what you're saying, Coach. I also think that speedos on men and a lot of what they yeah. wear for exercise, but you know, it can also be the regular pants. I had in Christian school in high school a teacher that wore yellow pants that he basically painted onto himself and then he stuck his wallet in his back pocket and he might as well have had speedos on because of it. Yep. Yep. I'm not I'm not absolving the men. You know I could be wrong. Maybe not. Stephanie's texted women are more aggressive. See, women are more aggressive, I think. <laughs> Honey, help me out here. Uh, women are more aggressive chasing boys. And, and women, oh, this is, it's, it's, the, it's a patriarchal system, uh, uh, Oprah would say, right? Women chase boys, and then the boys get caught to trot. And then the girls try to put the clutch in, right? Right? How do you, uh, Michelle said, what do you talk about? <laughs> I'll quit talking about it. You, got, you guys get it. I got some other stuff I want to show you. Kevin, come on in. And Emma. Come on, Kevin. Come on, Emma. Somebody come in. Coach, um, I have to say that I think Michelle taught her daughters by doing the right thing. She wore clothes that were and so she never had to probably talk to the girls. I didn't talk to my girls. And until they got away from me, they all wore pretty, pretty uh, decent clothing. My, my wife is one of the most beautiful women in the world. And she always dresses modestly. Always dresses modestly. Always. Always. I appreciate that about her. She's not, she's not, she didn't leave the house advertising her smorgasbord, if you know what I'm talking about. Kevin, try it again. How about now? Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Sorry, I got no bad cell. I was just going to say, you know, the point you made a minute ago was the point I was going to say that men are visually stimulated and sight-driven. And, uh, you know, women need to realize that they hold a very, very powerful tool over men, okay, in in that respect, because women are not sight-driven the way we are. And, again, if if you don't think so, look at porn, look at strip clubs, historically for men, look at David and Bathsheba, okay? All he had to do was see her bathing on that roof, and that was all it took. So just to the ladies, realize you you, you, you wave a lot of power over men through their sight. That was it. So, Kevin, uh, Stephanie's on a roll today. Stephanie says uh, Satan went after Eve. Not Adam. 
definitely, he went after Eve in the garden knowing all of this. He knew she was the one to trigger Adam. Wow. That's deep, isn't it? That's deep. It's real responsibility of being a woman. Sorry. A lot of responsibility has fallen on it, and modesty in, the, in women has almost disappeared. Keith and, and Clay. It's an advertisement to have their names added to the bucket list. <laughs> advertisement to have things. As, amen, Keith. Amen. Clay, come on in, and then Paul. Following up on uh, what Kevin said and how people should dress also when they go to a worship service, women need to realize that men work on construction sites. They work on in uh, chemical plants. Uh, they're out in, on farms. They're working around men all week long, a lot of them, long, hard hours. And some of them only go to church on Sundays. And they need to concentrate and hear the word of God. And if you got women dressed up in there with the hair all fixed up, smelling wonderful and all this kind of stuff, then it's going to be very difficult for them to hear one word the preacher says because they're going to be looking all over the church. Coach sucks, Dick. We, uh, thanks, David. You know, we can't, uh, we can't blame. Coach loves it, sounds, it, sounds, it sounds like we're blaming the women. I'm not blaming the women. Don't, please don't, don't go away with that, okay? Don't go away. Coach takes it up. See, see, folks, see how, how it's unbelievable, isn't it? How demons focus on that stuff? Because that guy right there, he's ashamed that he does what he says I do. He does that. And inside him, it's shameful, and he knows it. He knows it. And so all he can do is strike out, right? I got some other stuff I got to show, but Dr. Paul's been waiting and Betty's been waking. Go ahead, Paul. Morning. Um, Jezebel's spirit's kind of mentioned in the Bible a few times. There's a verse in the Bible for the men. Pluck your eye out, cut your hand off if you're in sin. Yeah, it doesn't talk about the you know what, but uh, it's a a thought. Um, There's no compromise on this issue, sanctity of life, whether it's rape. I mean, it's a generational thing. I mean, why would you punish a baby for the sin of somebody else? Well, your grandbaby. Even if your daughter was raped, that's half my DNA's in there. My God, it's an innocent child. I mean, I'm telling you right now, somebody needs to get a millstone thing, uh, a factory coming up. I'm I'm putting my money in that. Okay, let, let, let me play, because I got a couple of videos I got to show. Let me get Betty in real quick. She's been waiting quite a while. Go ahead, Betty. I, I, yes, I tell you what, I don't feel sorry for women. They ask for what they get. And then after something happens, they cry for what they got. Yeah. You know, it is pretty sad. And secondly, if Spencer could open the chat, I have the uh, silent auction website. Thanks, Betty. Or, yeah, thank you. So uh, pull up... Uh, we have to be careful, right? They always have a new attack, right? Always have a new attack. Pull up a B. Pull up Oprah. Watch Oprah. Oprah's latest race baiting. This is only about a minute, 15 seconds. Her, her latest race baiting. Go ahead. I got another one for you. Go ahead. Commentary this morning comes from Oprah Winfrey, who's partnering with the Smithsonian Channel to raise awareness about inequities in our healthcare system. During the height of the pandemic, 
I read a story about a family in Detroit. Now, this story would not let me rest. As a matter of fact, it haunted me. It was the story of the Fowler family. Gary Fowler worked hard his entire life, 56 years old, working 80 hours a week to provide for his family because that was his greatest desire, to create a secure, beautiful life for the people he loved. He became ill, experiencing COVID symptoms, went to three different hospitals, begging them for help. Each hospital sent him home. Finally, he became so tired, so exhausted, he gave up, went home, sat in his favorite recliner, and died there because hospitals, three of them, in Detroit, would not treat him. Imagine that. If access to life-saving health care... stop right there. So only black people got mistreated in hospitals, right? Only black people... This stuff makes me so sick. It makes me so sick. So I got to show you another one. Go, how about your vice president of the United States trying to overthrow our government, for hey, friends? The, the Supreme Court of the United States, why they are the supreme man when they speak and they support a leftist position, man, yeah. the courts have spoken. But when the courts don't support a leftist position, Listen to what the vice president of the United States says. Go ahead. Yes, to abortion, severely limited. In 13 of those states, women would lose access to abortion immediately and outright. Those Republican leaders who are trying to weaponize the use of the law against women. Well, we say, how dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? How dare they try to deny women their rights and their freedoms? Get her off there. Get her off there. Get her off of there. Yes, you see the game? Do you understand the game, friends? Understand the game? You realize what she just said? The Supreme Court is speaking out against baby murder. No one has the right to murder another one. And what, huh? Next thing you're going to know why it's all poor women. Poor women. They don't have two nickels to rub together, and so they have to murder them. Let's help murder them. Let's pay for the murder. If not, we're racist. She and Oprah, they're in the same club. Same stinking freaking club. And we buy this stuff. Abortion is murder, period. Try to go to the court and say you, you killed your best friend because she was mooching off of you and see if you get away with it. By the way, they're mooching off us. Kamala's camel, whatever she is, she's mooching off on it. She's she's saying that crap with my money. Craig, come on in. Well, that's really no different than January 6th. You know, you had people there that were <clears throat> saying they're gonna burn the system down. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, they 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 turned it on the you know the things about Trump before they you know, weren't in the building, but in essence, they're not calling them terms. If they're true to themselves, they should be calling them terrorists. Because this is an insurrection. Working. It's an insurrection against the Supreme Court of the United States, isn't it, Craig? It's an insurrection. 
They'll say, well, she's an elected official. She has the right to. She don't have any more right than I do. She doesn't have any more right to be in Washington, D.C. than me. Can you imagine if the Supreme Court of the United States criticized the president in their opinions? What the hell's going on here? We know what's going on. We understand it. Kevin. Well, Coach, I thought there was no biological difference between men and That's women. That's right. I was going to, I was going to say that. We don't, yeah. know what a, we don't even know what a woman is anyway, do we? Kathy, yeah. come on in. Kathy. Hey, Coach. Um, you notice how what she was trying to do was whip up emotion? How dare they? How dare they? they? They're trying to whip up emotion, whip up the anger. That's how dare what... they kill babies? How dare exactly. they? Exactly. How dare they take my tax dollars and use it to kill babies? How dare they? By the way, powerful black women, they want to tell us. First of all, Kamala isn't black. Her mother was some, was some right? Oh, don't get me going on that one. Murder, Inc. Murder, Murder Inc. Myra, come on in. In regard to women dressing modestly, we read in 1 Timothy 2, 9 to 10, Paul said, I also want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with God deeds, with good deeds, appropriate for women who profess to worship God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, let's do this one here. Let's finish with... Uh, a, put A up there. A, they won't give this guy a national platform. This guy's at a school board meeting. Fast forward it to, uh, start playing it, Spence. Get it to where the guy's standing, Derek Wilburn. Derek Wilburn? Move it ahead a little bit, right about there. Back. Sir, right there. Go ahead. Good evening, board. <laughs> I'd like to begin my comments tonight by reading a quote, which in essence is the genesis. The guy said, listen, if you, uh, you're, you're allowed to stand up. If you agree with the guy, you're allowed to stand up. Please don't applaud and cheer. But if you agree with him, you're welcome to stand up. So that's why you'll see people stand up. Go ahead. Of all of this Black Lives Matter, social justice, CRT conversations we're having in our country today. Quote, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color, close quote. Colin Kaepernick, August 2016. I am the direct descendant of the North American slave trade. Both my parents are black, all four of my grandparents are black, all eight of my great-great-grandparents, all 16 of my great-greats. On my mother's side, my ancestors were enslaved in Alabama. On my father's side, we were enslaved in Texas. I am not oppressed. I'm not oppressed and I'm not a victim. I'm neither oppressed nor a victim. I travel all across this country of ours and I check into hotels and I fly commercially and I walk into retail establishments and I order food in restaurants. I go wherever I want, whenever I want. I am treated with kindness, dignity and respect literally from coast to coast. I have three children. They are not oppressed either, although they are victims. I've taught my children they are victims of three things, their own ignorance, their own laziness, and their own poor decision-making. That is all. My children, we are not victims of America. We are not victims of some 
unseen 190-year-old force that kind of floats around in the ether. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is taking our nation in the wrong direction. Racism in America would by and large be dead today if it were not for certain people and institutions keeping it on life support. And sadly, sadly, very sadly, one of those institutions is the American education system. I can think of nothing more damaging to a society than to tell a baby born today that she has grievances against another baby born today simply because of what their ancestors may have done two centuries ago. There's simply no point in... Notice the guy in the pink shirt. Keep going. ...doing that to our children and putting critical race theory into our classrooms in part does that. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is not combating racism. It's fanning the flames of what little embers are left. I encourage you to support this resolution. Let racism die the death it deserves. And let's keep living the life of the country that we are. Thank you. Okay, okay, friends. So I want to I finish up on this thought. So that your eyes will be open and you'll understand the, uh, the lies of the enemy. What would America look like from an abortion standpoint? If, for lack of a better term, the black mafia, whoever those people are that are driving racism out there, many of them white people too, of course. What if they began to focus on the racial influence of Planned Parenthood? What if they began to expose the fact that in the city of New York, a black child is more likely to be aborted than born? What if they began to speak, what if the black leaders in America began to speak out against the genocide of black children in the womb? What would happen to abortion if they began to do that? What would happen in America if our government took up the plight of black under underprivileged people who were killing their babies because they didn't have any economic uh, impact and economic opportunities. What if we really, really understood the racial roots of Planned Parenthood and the entire abortion industry? What if we really began for people to understand that the whole focus of Planned Parenthood was to eliminate human weeds, black people? So the next time you see any black politicians stand in front of you and not point out the racist, uh, nature of abortion, call him the fraud that he is, including those black pastors standing in the pulpit. God Amen. bless you tomorrow.